And welcome to another edition of ISN Now, where we have some interesting losses and wins to talk about for both basketball teams. But just it's going to be a very interesting conversation. We'll have a special guest on who you've heard on the podcast before, but uh, joined by Noah Cowell, I'm Will Charlton, and we'll start off as we always do talking about Illini Sports Night. The season is already winding down. We only have two more shows left until Richmond Studio goes under renovation, Noah. Yeah, the short uh, semester for Alana Sports Night, it kind of sucks just because, you know, we don't get as many. It's great what they're doing with the renovations, um, but we've done so much better this semester at managing, you know, what we've had with the, the bigger amount of actual hosts we've had with Anaya and with Alec. And I then, like how the system's gone. Yeah, really no, good. I love it. And... You know, I don't even care when I just have the minor reporting role because I still enjoy getting to come on here and I still enjoy watching the different duos of people on the desk. We've done really well with that. And we've had some of our most professional shows that you and I have ever been a part of. I right? agree, so, yeah. Um, I, think, I, I still think the one where you and I were the hosts, I think that was my favorite one we've had this semester still. But yeah, um, so many of them have been good. They, they've all been really good. I mean, the three we've been a part of now, I think they've all gone really well. This past Tuesday, Alec Gilmore and I were hosting on Illini Sports Night, and uh, we both fed off each other really well. We, uh, we then, the next night, had a, had a call on Big Ten Plus for women's basketball against Nebraska, which, debacle, we'll get into that later, later on in the podcast, but uh, Alec Gilmore and I fed off each other pretty well, we feel like. He had a great interview with uh, two of the tennis players here, DeBru and Okonkwo, and uh, that was really enjoyable, but it's been a really good season so far. Yeah, and a big aspect that we weren't able to get as much of before, and I hope we continue to do in the next seasons from now, is that we were able to get live interviews from athletes. And uh, Eleanor, the SID for many of the sports, she's actually helped us out a lot. And we, oh, yeah. we, we can't be uh, thankful enough for everything she's done for that. And it just helps us a lot when it's live. You get to hear a lot of the thoughts of a lot of the lesser revenue sports, athletes that you don't get to usually that's hear great it's a great aspect of our it. show yeah and you know we've gotten some of these pregame shows we got the one with women's basketball and you know our advisor ken already says that it's only going to go up from here we get to ideally we'd get to do every almost every sport yeah for pregame shows so it's only going up from here and the pregame show was awesome that was a great experience to be a part of last sunday you know with uh, besides a few minor little uh live directing issues it was a great show really fun to be a part of and uh you know it, it just shows how much our show is growing and i mean personally i think that alani sports night is only getting started and i mean i, I say the sky's the limit with our show yeah and you know i'm hoping next semester we can do a men's basketball maybe exhibition game preview or that'd something be, that'd be awesome. along those lines one that has like a btn plus and uh, building off of that men's basketball, we have a pretty big game to talk about. Uh, introducing uh, Zan Bando uh, coming back. He was actually at the game last night, Illinois versus Northwestern, in the biggest comeback for Illinois since 2018-2019. Zan, what was it like to, to come back? You're involved, obviously, with both Illinois as your undergrad and at graduate school for Northwestern. What was that like, just the, the, the uh, combating between both of those? Yeah. Um. Again, it's great. Uh, it's great to be back on IS, and now I always love what um, what you what you and Will have done with this podcast. It's great. Uh, Thanks, this man. is a game that I've been marked on my calendar for 
probably four to five months or really ever since the schedule came out. And, you know, well, this was just one of those games where it was like, yeah, it was a full circle moment for me. It was cool to see both of my schools play each other. And uh, was it was it hard to combat? Yeah. Uh, were, there, were there parts of me that were happy and parts of me that were, were sad as the game was going on? Yeah. Uh, but more so, I was just happy to be back and see people that I hadn't seen in a while. And, uh, you know, it was a campus that gave me a lot. I was in Orange Crush for three out of the 40 years that I was there. So to be on the other side of it from a, from a media spectrum was a little bit different, but it was a really cool experience in a game that I will certainly never forget. And uh, as I was telling you guys in the back yesterday, when the game ended, that it has to be in my top three favorite um, Illinois men's basketball games that I've ever seen in person and uh, one of the best college basketball games I've been to, period. So, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there, Zan. I think that Iowa last year will never be top. That will go down as probably the greatest college basketball game I'll ever see in general in person. Um, but last night, seeing State Farm Center that electric and just feeling like being a part of that atmosphere was so special. A part of that 18-point comeback after Illinois just looked lost at halftime. You know, State Farm Center was a real special place last night. I mean... You, you kind of just had to be there, and I mean, you chose a great game to come back for. But I mean, let's oh, kind of like let's kind of get into some of the things that happened. Boo Booey last night puts a, puts up a career high thirty five. Yeah, well, he was unconscious. Unconscious. <laughs> I mean, twenty two in the first half alone, and he outscored the Illini by himself at halftime. He had twenty two points. The Illini only had nineteen. So. Zan, I mean, if you could just kind of like go through what your thoughts on how the Illini played in the first half was. Obviously, Brad Underwood in uh, post game said that he didn't, he'd never seen so like many, many mental breakdowns in the first half. But uh, what do you think, Zan? Yeah, um, n- no kidding. Uh, um, as he as he alluded to at the beginning of his opening statement last night, that it was a tale of two halves and. Literally, it was. I mean, Northwestern went out and did what they normally do. You know, they got up on a team early, and you know, I, you know, when it was, uh, when it was, um, thirty, I mean, nineteen, or when it when it got to that point at half, you know, I was kind of thinking, okay, you know, this Northwestern team has really arrived, and truly, I just think it was a a poor shooting performance by Illinois in the first half. Had they gotten a few more of those shots to fall, it would have definitely been. It's closer first half, and I just don't think Illinois was ready to contain Boo Booey. And I really think, even though Northwestern lost, this was a this was a statement game for Boo Booey and for people who hadn't heard of Boo Booey before this Illinois game last night. They definitely know who he is now. But you know, I think that I think the big issue for Illinois was I think they kind of rushed a lot of their possessions. They looked a little bit out of sync. You know, you don't know if that you know um, flu-like symptoms thing from before the Indiana game is still lingering that we you don't we you don't fully know about. I was a little worried to see how, how Shannon Junior would perform and he definitely he shut me up in the second half after only scoring two <laughs> first half. Like, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, as I alluded to just a couple minutes ago, I've been going to a lot of Illinois games for a long time and I think I've only ever have one game early, but this felt like one of those games where it just didn't seem like it was gonna turn around and then uh I'll just, I'll just never forget. Oh, you had texted me, never mind. And then 30 minutes later, I was like, what? And then you're like, yeah, Terrence Shannon Jr. Yep, we sure did have that exchange last <laughs> night, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what everybody was thinking, right? Yeah. 
I mean, he was yeah. just... It, it was, was UCLA a, Terrence last night. It was like night and day for, even said it. for Illinois and for Terrence Shannon. I mean, you don't expect him to come into that first half since being out for a few games with a concussion that he's actually going to look like the Terrence Shannon of old, the one who was the leading scorer for the Illini, one like against UCLA. And I even said actually before the game, I was like, big what if. What if Illinois or what if Terrence Shannon actually has that UCLA-type game. I, I can and, confirm Noah did say that, yeah. And we, we were still thinking, there's no way. And That's after, what I the, said. after the first yeah. half, it looked like that. They were, I'm a doubter, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Um, <laughs> oh, my bad. on Twitter, there were guys saying, you know, Terrence shouldn't be in the game right now. You know, he's, he's not been good for the offense. He looks sloppy. It's well, too early for him horribly. to come back. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's firing on all cylinders in that second half. And, you know, the Illini in that first half just – looked like the far worse team. Obviously, that's an easy take to say. It was 37-19. But yeah. even when they were scoring, it was still tough tough buckets. I mean, they had that 8-0 run early in the first half, and a lot of those buckets were still well defended. Northwestern yeah. was locking them down in every sense of the word. And, I mean, what Brad Underwood talked about, those mental breakdowns, were going under screens. Yep. When has he ever taught to go under those screens? Never. Never. Always go through them. I mean... Yeah, Bowie was, I mean, what, he's below 30% usually from three, but then... Yeah, I think he's just around last 27, night. 28%. Is that, that that sound right, Zan? Um, yeah, that does. And just, just as a matter of fact, I've been to uh, several Northwestern games already this season. He's never he's never that hot. He has he, he has good games. He can, make, he can make big shots, but he's never had a game... At least in at least in the times in person that I've seen him, he's never had a game like he had last night. And yeah, I mean, Zan, let's talk about this real fast though. Chase Adij was like a non-factor last night. It was pretty much all Bowie. I mean, Bowie scored 35 of the 62 points, so he literally outscored. It was like a Michael the Jordan other half type of his team. <laughs> yeah, and Chase Adij is held in single digits. And I mean, when you look at those two guards, they're arguably the best one-two punch of guards in the conference. But, I mean, Zan, you were courtside, so you're able to see, like, more of the defensive shifts and all that stuff. So what do you think just went right for to cover Chase Adij last night? Was it just Terrence Sandin Jr. stepping up in a big way on defense or the switches? Because, I mean, Adij just didn't really do much at all. I don't know. I just really think it was the way the team played together. You know, as you, as you saw, as the second half started to kind of move forward, you know, you got to see a bunch of guys – Getting hit them a little bit. You saw Rogers make some nice plays. You saw since Harris make some plays that I didn't think he could make as a freshman that he was making last night. I just think they were able to figure out, you know, the one-two punch that nobody's been able to stop. And I just think again, I think Illinois just played, you know, lockdown defense the whole second half. And as Shannon Jr. said last night, you know, all he really cared about was getting stops. He didn't really or how many points he scored or anything like that, as long as they got stops and won. And I just think, you know, the biggest thing is if you can if you can double-team those two guys or, or put those guys in trap situations where, you know, they, they can't they can't get the ball off or they or they or or their timing is off or they can't find the right shot, then, you know, you're going to have a collapse that they had last night. And I just think this is one of the weird things with Northwestern is, you know, once they figure out, you know, a defense for a while, you know, I just – just think they get complacent. They got complacent in the Indiana game. That's why that's why Indiana was able to storm back 
nearly win. They got complacent in the Rutgers game, and I, I just think sometimes they get a little bit too comfortable, and maybe they get a little bit too carried away and think, you know, oh, we kind of, you know, we kind of got this locked in the bag, and you know, we can sit back. And I'm not trying to say that they that they sat back last night or anything like that, but when you're in a when you're in a Big Ten game, a high pressure situation on the road, a team you haven't swept in 57 years, you gotta you gotta play the full 40 minutes. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't think I just don't think they did that. I really I really don't. Um, and just just part a part of me thinks you know the, there's just something about you know those state farmers in the late February where you know the last few years magic has always <laughs> has always seemed to happen and you know oh, this literally just felt like one of those games where you could you just you just kind of knew like what you know when it was forty three to thirty six around there is when I'm like okay. This game, this game is going to get weird. And and when Northwestern got it up to fifteen, I'm like, okay, maybe Illinois might lose. And and all of a sudden, once right. that runs to tie the game, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This can't, this can't be happening. I thought, I it thought didn't feel real. It really didn't. I, I, my only thought was, I thought Northwestern learned their lesson from the last three games. They know, they know, <laughs> they, they know they can't do that. So. You know, I just think you know it was one of those things where it was a very well played game, and you know, it's one of the it was, it's one of those unfortunate things, you know, where you know where one team has to lose and one team has to win. But outside of Purdue, I really do think, and this is no disrespect to Indiana or anything like that, but outside of Purdue, I really do think the two best teams in the conference that that aren't currently sitting in first place right now play last night. That's a game that I, I could watch every week and not be not be disappointed at all. So, yeah. yeah. And I was actually, I mean, you talked about their last few games where you've seen them have big time second half lapses, especially against Indiana. You're up 20 in that second half. Yeah. You almost find a way to lose. I mean, if, it, if they would have called that possible push off on Boo Booey going into overtime, who knows who wins that game? I mean, Indiana has all that momentum. And right. then last night I'm sitting there. Um, you know, I was writing the article for the Champagne Room. You and... are a trooper, man. I mean, you... <laughs> You sacrificed watching the game in person in the second half to go down to the media room to get internet connection so you could write the game on. Yeah, uh, yeah, Zan, you probably didn't even know that, but I actually didn't have internet connection way up at the top of State Farm Center, and so at half when they're down 18, I was like, well, I'm just going to go try and like sit in the media room for the second half and maybe get better service. And so I didn't even get to actually see it like firsthand in person the second half. Which wow. I know, I know. It was wow. like literally one of the best halves, the best half of this season wow. for Illinois, yep. and one of the best halves in recent memory. And I and the best basic, win of the season. I basically I mean, to missed this point it. with all the circumstances. I mean, you yeah. know, like I, I, I was definitely kicking myself, but <laughs> whatever I had to do to get that article in as much as hey, I could. Superstition, do. you got us to win by leaving. Oh yeah, by by you not watching it in person, <laughs> now, you got Illinois. Now you got it. Now when Illinois, now when Illinois. He plays Michigan next week. You got to do. You got to do the same thing. Now you got. Now you. If they're down at halftime, might have to. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you got to. You got to keep doing it. But um, all kidding, all kidding aside, um, me, me being there, of course, because you guys obviously weren't there. It was truly an experience. It was basically, it was basically, Orange Crush versus Northwestern and the referees, and they were literally. He just handing it to Northwestern the entire game. I've never seen that um, that hostile towards an opponent before or up close. And as I alluded to earlier in this podcast, as I've, I've sat in Orange 
as for years, I've never seen a crowd that was so infested and then wanted to see Illinois beat a team so badly. And you know, but with me kind of being on both sides of the spectrum, me going to be going to graduate school at Northwestern now, you know, I thought you know most of the jokes were for any, and they were brought probably some things that I would have said if I was still an Illinois student. So it's nice to see that you know this rivalry has a little bit of relevance again, and even if it's only for this one season, who cares? It's still being for a very exciting game and just a just the atmosphere that, and again, like Will, Will said, you had to literally be there to experience what happened because watching it on TV simply does not do it justice. Yeah, and I would definitely uh, agree with that. And Same I mean, here. you just like, you look at why that game last night meant so much and why everyone was so passionate about it. And it's just, it, it, if you look at the recent events involving this rivalry, I mean, for years, like you mentioned, Zan, I, I don't believe that Northwestern has swept the Illini for 57 years. You mentioned that earlier. And, you know, the, Illinois has always called Northwestern its little brother in the state of Illinois. And these recent events, I mean, Northwestern Football, dominating. Basketball. Yeah, North, <laughs> Northwestern dominating Illinois in Evanston earlier this year. And, you know, that. them beating Purdue, beating Indiana, yeah. kill, like blowing Five out game win Iowa. before this game. Next thing you know, they're yeah. ranked, and you know they they have a and rightfully almost, so they deserve to be. They're almost locked, basically locked for their second tournament appearance ever. Oh, they're locked. They're locked. And at that point, all these Northwestern fans are starting to get a little more confident, a little more cocky, and they're like, you know, who's starting to be the little brother now? Even though it's been one game at this it's, point, it's but like, come they, on, guys, you didn't win for four straight years. Yeah, it's, and you win one game, and now you lose last night again, but. Yeah. It's it's all about that mentality, though. I mean, you get that confidence. You enter an unfamiliar territory for Illinois where all of a sudden they feel like they're starting to be less prevalent, at least this year, in that rivalry. Northwestern goes up big. You have that tiny little section of Wildcats student fans and they in the like corner of the, the stadium. Can hear them. They acted like every single person. In... Could you hear those students, Zan? I'm sure you couldn't. Oh, no, I couldn't hear it at all. Are you yeah. kidding? I mean, they they were cheering at the very top of the stadium as if everyone in the whole entire arena could hear them. And they were chanting chicken sandwich over Every and over again. Every single time Illinois would like miss or shoot free throws, they'd be chicken sandwich. Yeah. Is, is that like some sort of promotion that Northwestern has? Because I'm i assuming it's probably like the McNugget thing here, right? Yeah, so I can... Uh... So I can explain it. So at every at every game, there 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 is a chicken sandwich promotion, and from what I from from what I remember, a, after a while, it gets it gets so annoying that I stop paying attention. But apparently, if they miss like if the opposition misses like eight free throws during a game, or this is back to back free throws, every single person in World Ryan Arena. Granted, there isn't very many people who come to their games every game, but <laughs> <laughs> granted, every single person that's there um, gets a gets a free Chick Fil A voucher that maybe expires two months after the ticket was uh, was was handed out. So, oh. yeah, oh. I, hey, hey, that's some good so, background. So, I I I personally think, and and this is this is a totally biased opinion. I. Same thing that Illinois McNuggets promotion is a little bit better because I can always, I can always, I can always expect it, and I know when, I know when it could, I know when it could, and that happens. So I feel like from a, from a promotional standpoint, I think, I think Illinois has the edge uh, in that department there. But 
Yeah, the, yeah, that was the that was the only thing they could come up with last night, and I was hoping they'd be a little bit a little bit cleverer than they were, but that's what that's what they uh, that's what they decided, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was funny ahead of the game, Illini and Northwestern Twitter going going back and forth because uh, you know just being I just being on both sides, and I'm like, yeah, Northwestern's getting clicked a little bit, so, yeah, but that's that's how that's how it, that's that's how it felt, so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the rivalry has, like, there haven't been many times where it was this heated before a game, you no, know, because Northwestern's finally like, you know, we're actually your equals, you know, we're, we're challenging you finally, we're better this year, this is one of our best years, we're going to take you down both games. And, you know, Illinois, for them to have that second half that they did, every Illinois fan was going completely crazy in that arena. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could still hear it from down in the media oh, room, sure I could, could hear people going yeah. crazy. And you know I can't imagine. I can't imagine the hell that those Northwestern fans received after they oh, were yelling like crazy. I, I have to say, like <laughs> just seeing that happen, the the tiny little crowd just got raided. Like I mean, Illinois fans started like recording, recording all of them that. with their that phones, and like they all started just looking at them and chanting "chicken sandwich" at them over and over, like pointing at them. Oh, like you could literally hear a huge chant of chicken sandwich just directed at those and, at that tiny little NU wild side section, yeah. I guess that's what they call it. Um, <laughs> and you, you could like feel bad for them on some level, but they did it to no, themselves. No, they came it's down here. Like, they people... got tickets to like, yeah. apparently they call themselves the Boys and Girls Club Evanston, and then the Orange Crush uh, social media accounts uh, mocked them and said, all 12 of them are in the building. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just but, like, it's uh, so much toxicity on Twitter. I can, I can, I can, as there were between there were between twelve and fifteen students that were that were supposed to show up. Apparently, it was supposed to be twenty, but a few of them a few of them bailed at the at the at the last minute. Surprise, surprise! I mean, good for them, right? Yeah, <laughs> that they didn't have to experience that. Oh yeah, because they probably thought they were on top of the world at halftime. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be the difference makers in this arena because they can definitely hear us. Yeah, Which, I don't know. I but... mean, I I haven't heard State Farm Center much quieter than I did last night at halftime. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that like the team I... was booed basically as as the last three pointer was missed in yeah. the first half, and you're down by. Yeah, they... yeah I mean, you oh, went yeah, 0 they... for 11 from three point. I mean, that's pathetic. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. That's terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very on-brand for this team this year in Big Ten play. But, yeah, Zan, I want to go and actually talk about, I mean, the Illini came out of half, like, with their hair on fire. You know, they went on a 17-3 run early to get the game within four. Next thing you know, Northwestern goes up 12. I mean, every Illinois fan of that building was thinking, of course they were going to do this. They were going to get our hopes up, get close, and then – fall apart again. Because that's Illinois basketball, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what, what everyone thought. But what can you say about the resilience of this team to be able to get that close, fall back down like that, lose all the momentum, and still find a way to fight back and win? I mean, let me just say this. I don't think you guys would disagree. There are very few coaches in the country that would have said, yeah, we can – Definitely still in this game, and I truly think if it wasn't for, um, you know, just Underwood calming his eyes down and saying, okay, let's take one possession at a time. I saw a stat where it was like once Boo Booey got up to, I think it was like 32 points or something like that, apparently sincere errors at down on the bench, and Brad kind of calmed him down and said, okay, this is what you need to do. And then, of course, Booey goes 0 for 4 in the whole, in the whole comeback starts. I, I Again, I, 
as I just said, I truly think there are very few Big Ten coaches in the country that would have said, yeah, we came back, now we're on 12, let's see if we can find a way to finish it. I truly think that's why Brad Underwood, uh, when you're when you're outside of the Illini community, if you will, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay it until, I'm gonna say it until he's no longer the coach. I I truly think he's one of the most disrespected and underrated coaches in the country that does not get enough credit for what he's built because now he's about to complete another 20 win season. And truly, if it wasn't for a guy like him who's who's been in those pressure situations before, has worked with rosters that you know. Maybe he just weren't the most um, talent developed or had a lot of depth. He was able to figure it out. And that That's truly the reason why I, I feel that they were able to come back was just him being able to calm his guys down, take it one possession at a time. And, of course, when you have a big-time player like Shannon Jr., that that's what's going to happen. So, Yeah. I mean, you were talking about Shannon Jr., 24 second-half points, four for five. That's, from behind that's the arc. UCLA Shannon and right there. Eight for ten from the field, right? Yeah, eight for yep. ten uh, overall, I believe. Yeah, in the game. but like, wow, <laughs> he was amazing. And even Matthew Meyer ends up with a fourteen and eight. So I mean, he did the, he did the things he had to, and he made a couple big threes in the second half. Um, had those three uh, free throws too. Well, he had six of them. He got fouled right. multiple times. He did. He did on he a three pointer. But uh, Illinois beats in-state <laughs> in-state rival Northwestern sixty-six to sixty-two. Last night at State Farm Center, one of the most electric atmospheres you'll see in that stadium this season. And uh, Zam, we were talking before the before you hopped on here, and uh, Illinois sitting at ten and seven. But uh, you had a little scenario in, in the Big Ten standings you wanted to talk about. So uh, we're, we're, obviously, this is an Illinois podcast, and I think I know you're going th- with this. But uh, you did some research. Tell us what you found. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the schedule, but uh, the the last week of the Big Ten regular season could get very exciting because based on if you look, if Illinois can win its final two games and Purdue loses its last two, there's a huge game looming in Mackey Arena about a week from now that could, could, <laughs> could, decide, could decide some unexpected chaos going into the Big Ten tournament. I couldn't imagine Oh, you, you already know I have, a, I have a couple of these games circled on my calendar, and I, and I really hope, I really, really hope that Purdue does not clinch a share of the Big Ten title tomorrow, because then it would create absolute right. may, which is, what, which, is what, which is what I want to see. Yeah, so, I mean, if Purdue does beat Indiana tomorrow night, that means they will at least clinch a share of the Big Ten title pending if Northwestern, because Northwestern still has to go on the road to play Maryland on Sunday. And only one team has won there in College Park this season, and that wasn't even Man, a Big that, Ten team. It was and, UCLA. And they blew them out. In and that they game. blew them out, it's right. It's hard to do, though. So, I mean, I'm going to go on a limb and say Northwestern won't beat Maryland in College Park because they just don't lose there. We don't want to assume that, but, like, for this scenario, I'll, we I'll can. I'll go on a limb and say that they will, but obviously Northwestern well, why, is still in second why place. You, why, well, why are, you, why are you assuming that? <laughs> well, Maryland... But last I checked, didn't Mar- didn't Maryland just lose to Nebraska like last week? And and Link Maryland doesn't know how to play outside of College Park. They don't know how to play on the road. But they it's but they point. they destroyed Nebraska in College Park. That's that's what's really weird about that. They lost to them on the road, but then destroyed them in College Park. So Maryland North- Northwestern then beat Indiana 
at Indiana, which is they, a hard hey, thing to do. Yes, I agree. And, I mean, not many teams ever go into Assembly Hall and win. So, hey, I mean, look, Northwestern is going to be bummed out and mad they lost to Illinois. You know, they can beat Maryland. I'm, not, I'm just going to go on a limb and say that Maryland probably will win because it's hard for any team to go into Xfinity Center and get a win. But, I mean, obviously you're – you're, you go to Northwestern right now, Zan, so I'm sure you probably think a little differently. But, um, you <laughs> know, but yeah. these, this, big, this Big Ten is insane. I mean, you have currently four teams at 10-7 and seven tied for third in the conference. Northwestern is just a game ahead of all of them at 11-6. and six. But if Maryland beats Northwestern on Sunday, Illinois beats Ohio State on Sunday, and Indiana beats Purdue... There's three teams that'll be eleven and seven. I, I don't know. I can't remember who Michigan plays on the top of my head this weekend, but um, Iowa, maybe. Um, but Michigan's also ten and seven after they went into Piscataway and beat Rutgers in like one of the weirdest scores you'll see it this season. Mm-hmm. Michigan plays um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay. So, I mean. That's actually a pretty big game for both teams. They both need that win for their resumes. Well, yeah, right now Wisconsin's in the first or last four in, yeah. and uh, Michigan is the last or the first team in the next four out. Yeah. So, so Penn State right now is the last or first team out for Lenardi. They are. They are the first team out. But the win over Ohio State, which for some reason is still a quad one. That's wild. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know. But, Zan, I mean, just. This Big Ten has been crazy, but you've been able to cover a team who is tied for third and a team who is alone in second. So overall, what's that kind of been like being able to go from Northwestern to Illinois and back and forth this season? Oh, I mean, it's been it's been a oh, I mean, obviously, I'm going to be associated with these two schools for the rest of my life. So it's definitely it's definitely been a thrill. Oh, to be on both beats because I know we're probably never get a chance to do this ever again. So that's been that's been really cool. And uh, you know, the, the the first game between the two teams was bizarre. I was hoping it would be much closer in Evanston. The game last night was stuff of epic proportions. I mean, it's been it's been cool. I've gotten to see a turnaround of a team that no one expected to do anything, and I've gotten to see Illinois do their typical Illinois thing, where they get me they get me excited early in the year, and then they. Then they break my heart about mid to late December, and, and they and then they come back and they figure out they figure out how to play basketball as it gets closer to March. So yeah, it's a it's a new it's a new calendar year, but in a lot of ways it's the same Illinois basketball team. So I'm very much I'm very much used to this chaos. I kind of I kind of like it. It's been very unique and really what I'm what I'm selfishly rooting for is I'm selfishly rooting for a all-encompassing rematch in the Big Ten tournament in a couple weeks because if that happens, that is going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, the amount of rematches that many Illinois fans probably want or don't want, they I, I can guarantee want you, Penn State. yeah, you don't want to see a Friday matchup or even a Thursday matchup against yeah. Penn State. No, that, that, would be, well, that, that would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that, like, Illinois with – you know what their record is right now that they could go to a top four potentially um b- barring you know a collapse against ohio state which of course that could happen but if they're able to get a top Jeez, four spot and then penn state stays in that first game they find a way to end up playing illinois i've never seen a, a team like illinois that would be in that spot be more scared <laughs> of a team that low than penn state this year just because of the matchup it's been horrible both games I- 
I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'd rather play Nebraska than Penn State. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but obviously Big Ten play is only heating up as there's only one more week left to go in the regular season for Big Ten play. And like we said, the share of the Big Ten title can be earned tomorrow night if Purdue does defeat Indiana in West Lafayette. But we will... Obviously, next week's episode will be pretty interesting because we'll be recapping Ohio State and Michigan heading into Purdue and uh, talking about where Illinois could end up come Big Ten tournament play based on these next two games. But um, we will transition now into talking about the women's team briefly who uh, has one more regular season game but are coming off, um, what's the word, debacle? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they I mean kept, they're coming off a 33-point loss to Nebraska on Wednesday night, a team who they beat in Lincoln by eight points. I in, mean, in every facet, it doesn't yeah, make any sense. No, and I was I was on the call for that game, play by play, and you know it was it was great to call, great a very fun game to call. Hats off to Nebraska, very impressive performance. But I just I have, genuinely have no idea what happened with Illinois. They just couldn't do anything right. I mean, you have have so many different factors there that had to go wrong to to witness a loss like that. What was it ninety to fifty seven? Yeah, yeah. Yep. To to lose like that at home for this team this On year. Senior day too. Easily the worst loss of the year. I mean, at the point they were oh, down by twenty two, yeah. it was not only their biggest deficit at home. I think it was their biggest deficit of the season. It was. And you have Genesis Bryant, after she had a really good 21-point outing in her return from her ankle injury, she goes out there and she shoots 2 for 12 from 3-point range. Yep. And most of them were open, too. I think it was 3 for 15 overall, too. Yeah. And you have one of your leaders like that not being able to score, basically. Makaira Cook shooting 6 for 20. That's also bad. Yeah. Adalia McKenzie, 4 for 14. And then Kendall Bosick isn't a factor either. Those are literally the four players you have to have doing well. And then a, a big factor that, that I didn't even know to expect going in, Bryn Shoup Hill had a boot on her leg. Yeah, I mean, I was announcing the game. I didn't even know that either until I found out from just the SID here for women's basketball. I mean, Alec Gilmore and I didn't even had no idea that her or Jayla Odin weren't going to play. Yeah, we, we, we saw playing time from some of these reserve players that yeah. you rarely see. Yeah, Cameron Rhodes, Samantha Dewey, Lisa Toppenham was in the game too. And, I mean, Illinois was just trying to find someone to put in that would potentially be a difference maker, but just no one could do it. I mean, Genesis Bryant hit a three to put Illinois down only seven early in the second half. But then after that, it was just the Jazz Shelley show. And Jazz yeah, Shelley... Yeah, what, 26? Yeah, and it wasn't a career high. But, I mean... Against Illinois, would have made sense if it was a career high. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but, you know, uh, it wasn't a career high, but she was just unbelievable. And, I mean, I was on the call. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. It was actually posted in a bunch of different places, but there was a montage made of uh, Jazz Shelley's performance and my voice in the background. So it was pretty cool to see that on the Big Ten women's basketball Instagram page. Um, so yeah, that was pretty she, cool. She, I mean, and, Shelley uh, was – I mean, she looked a lot like – you know, re respective to that game, a lot like the way Shannon was able to just take over yeah. in that game last yeah. night. I mean, both had 26 she, points. Yeah, she was raining <laughs> down threes. No one had any answers for her. Some of her passes were elite. That one pass she had to the corner oh, yeah. where they had a corner three yeah. to go up like 20. Like the second, yep. Illinois had like a little 5-0 run going. Jazz Shelley was like, that's cute. Watch this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
it was it was a mess for the Illini. That is a big hit uh, to their tournament chances as they were they were projected as a nine seed. I'm not sure the current update. Yeah, I mean, they were sure. they were ranked for the first time in a few uh, weeks. Yeah, in yeah. at least a few weeks, and now you go and you play at Rutgers for I believe the final game of the season. It is the final game of the season. You feel like you have you feel like you have to win that game. You do to feel confident about making the tournament. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to have to win that game. It's the final game overall, final Big Ten game, and Illinois already clinched a winning record in the Big Ten, but uh, you know it's they were. They were ten and seven going in, ten and eight now. Um, so if they win, they'll be they'll finish eleven and eight. If they lose, they'll finish ten and nine. So regardless, still an incredible season. But uh, Zan's still on with us, and uh, we know you've kept track of the women's team a bit this this season. So what do you uh, what do you think the uh, the ceiling is moving forward for this women's basketball team, Zan? Yeah, I mean, just to even be in this position to make the NCAA tournament was unfathom uh, unfathomable. Oh, I can't even I can't even I can't even. Say. That word, so let me let me erase to even to even be in the position of potentially making the NCAA tournament is absurd considering where this program has been for the last two decades. It's obviously very unfortunate that they lost to a Nebraska team, you know, at home that you know really didn't have much to play for. Their NCAA tournament chances on on the others, I were slim to none, and I really do feel like Illinois, you know, gave gave away a golden opportunity, you know or to make their fans happy on senior night. But I think, you know, if Illinois can win this Rutgers game, you know, will get their get their confidence back under them. Uh, but do, do you guys happen to know how long um, Sue Pill is going to be out, or is that, or is I, that to be determined? I don't think we've received no, any yeah, updates there's, at there's all. No, there's no timetable uh, at all, but I'll, they're going to want her back for the Big Ten tournament. They're, they're going to need her yeah. if they – I mean, we can look at this game and be like – Everything went wrong. This is not what's going to be but expected. Everything went right against Penn State. Yeah, I know. That's what's so weird. It's. I mean, that that's that just shows. It's a lot like the men's basketball team. You don't really Both know what to so expect. Both teams are so similar, and it's any given really night. like crazy. Both teams are like re- honestly scary yeah. how similar both teams are. But all, <laughs> all you have to be like literally all the players are going to have to do same thing with the fans are going to have to chalk that up as a game that never happened. Obviously, yeah. the committee has to see that, but. You just have to see that didn't happen. Go to the next game. You hope you get Shoop Hill back as soon as possible. And you just have to play with that similar level of confidence that you had before that Nebraska game. Because this team is still a good team. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they're still a great team. And, I mean, hopefully we'll see that. And, I mean, they still are in the field of 68. So, I mean, we've just got to keep our fingers crossed. The win at Rutgers on Sunday would be very nice. But that will lead us into our prediction segment here in ISN now where – we have two Sunday games coming up. The men will be at Ohio State. The women will be at Rutgers. We'll start with the men in Columbus, Noah. Yeah, <laughs> it's tricky. Yeah, it, it makes me nervous because yeah. this Illinois team out of all teams, I mean, I've watched Illinois basketball for so long, and this is always a game that is a trap game for them. This is always a game they get close to losing or losing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that this team is af- after such a uh, – emotional high of last night's comeback win I, I think they go down early uh, I, I, I think you know Ohio State is one in 14 of their last 15 games you can't possibly oh find a worst what what like a worse team in the power five right now in their last what? 15 like games 10 and 2 10 and 3 10 and 3 yeah and now they're 11 and 17 they blew out Northwestern by almost 40 points that's they right killed. that's right <laughs> that's yeah. unbelievable 
I mean, the, yeah. oh my gosh, that's, I, I, I even forgot about that. I did too. It's just, you know, whoever's riding the hot hand in the Big Ten and, you know, Ohio State has probably the coldest you I mean, could you look possibly at the final have. segment against Penn State the other night. They missed five threes in like the final 15 seconds to try and like and get into a one-point That was game. their season in a nutshell yeah, right really there. Um, I think the Illini need to not have a first half like that again. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I think that Matthew Meyer doesn't play that poorly offensively. Yeah, he had 14 points, but he shot two for nine from field goals, two for seven from three-point range. He got fouled on a few threes which I don't know how he keeps doing that. It's, it's, it's impressive. He's, he draws them better than most players in the entire country. Uh, I, I think he needs to shoot better. You have to have Jaden Epps and Dane Danger providing like positive minutes, which they got benched by Brad Underwood in that game last night. We didn't really talk about that. Uh, they need to provide quality minutes. Terrence Shannon, double-digit points. I think the Illini, it's a little bit closer than they like. I still think they win the game 76-68. Okay. Zane, what do you got? It's a good score prediction. Um, I like I like an eighty to eighty to sixty seven final score. All right, win, win, win. and uh, so Noah's got an eight point win. Zane's got a thirteen point win. I think this game's a very interesting game. Ohio State is completely just down in the dumps, and there's nothing left to revive them this season. But playing spoiler could be something very that true. might be on their mind. I think that they are going to play a very solid game. I mean, Illinois won by nine in the first matchup against Ohio State. It felt like it was a lot more because Illinois just kind of like put, took their foot off the gas. I think after they were up by 16, I'm pretty sure it was. Right. And it just it, it felt like it was a much bigger margin of victory. The first win over Ohio State and State Farm Center in a very long time, too, which is weird. Um but I think Illinois does complete the season sweep of the Buckeyes. I think that they'll just – I think they'll be riding high, and I think they'll continue playing as well as they did. I, I disagree. I think they're going to go up early. Okay. And they're just going to kind of maintain between, let's say, like a 10- and 18-point lead the whole game. I really like Zan's 13-point prediction, but I'm going to say the Illini get this one done 74-61. to 61. Okay. I mean, it's very similar to the home game where they were just up by a lot the whole time. Found a way to get down by nine, a lot like the Minnesota one. Yeah. But, yeah, we can... Well, my question for you is, will Illinois ever trail in this game? No. Wow. I do not think they will. I think they're going to score the first bucket, and uh, they will be up the rest of the time. Okay. And that's a very very non-Illini-like takes. I was just... it's curious. Yeah, it, it is. It is. But I think they're going to be riding very confidently, and I think they'll get the job done in a very nice, convincing fashion. But women will also be on the road for their final regular season game. Have a chance to finish 11 and 8 in Big Ten play, Noah. Do they get the win at Piscataway? Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, they don't. They better. <laughs> I think they don't actually trail in that one. Uh, I, I think you have Genesis Bryant. Uh, she's not going to have a performance like that again. Um, Bryn Shoop Hill, I'm guessing because she had the boot, she won't be back. But you just have a better overall team performance. You get some of your players who showed up against Nebraska, um, some of the reserve players, you get them some more minutes, uh, like Cameron, uh, Cameron Rhodes. And, you know, Adalia McKenzie shoots better. She'll have a lot easier time um, penetrating, uh, getting some buckets. Uh, I think Illinois wins 80 to 62. I don't really think it's close. Zan? Yeah, uh, I don't think 
this game is close either. I think Illinois Illinois is probably going to win this game somewhere around the range of 76 to 61. Okay, and uh, I think the double-digit uh, win will kind of pass over to me as well. I think that Illinois is going to be very upset about how they played against uh, against Nebraska on Wednesday night. They already beat uh, Rutgers earlier this season, 80-62 to here at State Farm Center. I think that's pretty much right on par with how it's going to be again in Piscataway. I think it'll be a really good shooting performance for the Illini, and uh, I think that overall they'll be able to get the job done pretty easily. They This actually might be a game where they do trail a little bit early on, just to like maybe until they start hitting shots. I think they might start out a little bit slow, um, which is kind of different than how they usually start, but um, I think they start a little slower. Maybe the game is like tied to Rutgers holds a small lead after the first quarter, but I think Illinois will eventually pull away. And look at the job done. Illinois gets the job done 76 to 64. Okay. Yeah. So we all, all very have, realistic predictions. We all have double digit wins for Illinois. Uh, and it's it's two games they should be able to pull off this weekend against two teams who are not very good, respect respectfully. <laughs> and um, but that is all the time we are going to have today for you and I. And now, Zan, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to have you on as always. And uh, we'll be seeing you hopefully soon again. Are you you're coming down to Champaign next Thursday again, aren't you? Yeah, that's the that's the tentative plan right now. I should be there for uh, for Michigan next week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, no, any closing thoughts from you? Yeah. No. Uh, always great to have you on, Zan. Uh, you give a lot of uh, really good analysis on you know what we're talking about, and even worked better because uh, they played Northwestern last night, an incredible game. But yeah, we always enjoy having you on and. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to see you uh, for that Illinois-Michigan game. You know, tensions always ride high in that one. So, Oh, for sure. Uh, um, thanks again for having me. You guys are great. Aiden, uh, as I'm sure all of your listeners know, you can find all, all of my work. My Twitter's at Zanmando99. So is a Instagram and my link tree in a Instagram and Twitter bio has uh, all of the all of the different outlets you can reach me and all of the different places where you can find me. So feel free to reach out whenever you have any questions or really anything at all. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Zan, and we'll see you next week on ISN Now.